What's up, guys? Clintus here, back with another episode of Riffing with Clintus, episode 34. And I'm super pumped today to be talking to my good friend, Mike, aka M Tash. What's up, buddy? Oh, not too much. Just uh, literally sitting here twiddling my thumbs, waiting for Borderlands. Right. And honestly, and Shadowkeep. Like, I feel like the next like month and a half is just going to be so nuts. And I'm excited for it. I'm ready for it. I, I, I'm rested from the summer. And now I can just focus on work. Right? Yeah. Well, you've had a you've had a busy summer, man. You've had a busy summer. You just got back from a honeymoon. You got yeah, married. I was in Maui. I was in Maui for 10 days, like living with the sea turtles. <laughs> right. And uh yeah, and we got married in July. And then we took a little bit of a break um before the honeymoon just because we we didn't book it in time, honestly. Like we just didn't know where we wanted to go. And then we settled on Maui and Probably the best decision I've ever made for a vacation spot. It was perfect weather. The location was insane. I honestly, I think I would have paid double the price for the condo that we got had I known the location. It was that good. There was a reef there to snorkel in. There was a private beach. There's a nice pool. It was incredible. And I, I want to live there. <laughs> that is awesome. I, that's one place we, I, we've never been. My wife and I have talked about it numerous times. The kids want to go. Um, and I talked about like maybe next year and my wife's like, well, I want to do a cruise and I did some research and like, if you do a cruise to Hawaii, it's usually not the same experience. Cause they take you to like the ports and like specific locations. Whereas if you go to Hawaii, you go to like, you can like pick and choose where you want to go. And so I think we'll do a cruise this coming summer. Cause that's what my wife really wants to do. And then maybe the following year, cause then the kids will be older too. And that's the thing too, is I want the kids to be a little bit older to be able to experience stuff, you know? Yeah, we do. We do, we do a lot of traveling, but it's usually just like here in the States and um, and they've experienced so many awesome things. But it's, it's it's better now that they're older because they can actually do things. It's not like, a, you know, a kid in a stroller or a kid that I have to worry about, like my feet are tired and you know, all that kind of crap. So, right. But Hawaii is definitely you know, on the list. Honestly, with you mentioning that, if you do go to Maui, have you ever heard of the road to Hannah? No. OK, so you, you take your rental car and you drive down this road and the distance is 30 miles but it takes you like three to three and a half hours to get there because there's 60 one-way bridges and like 60 hairpin turns. It is like through the mountains, this crazy adventure and all along the way, every couple of feet waterfall with a, a beautiful pool underneath a black sand beach, a red sand beach, the best looking beach you'll ever see. I don't even know what to call it other than godly. <laughs> and um, there's like all this cool scenery. There's cool hikes. And Kat and I did it, and we took way longer because we stopped everywhere. It took us 16 hours to do the road to Hannah, explore everything, and come back. And uh, it was probably the coolest thing I've ever done. It was a wow. little a little nerve-wracking driving in the mountains. It's like very small road. you got to be kind of careful. But you know, now that the kids are older, they would love it. You would love it. You can actually experience it properly. So Absolutely. think about that. Road to Hannah in Maui. It was coolest thing i've done well that's the good thing too is i've got a handful of friends that have been to hawaii and you know either they've been there multiple times and they have like regular experiences or people like yourself that you know have been the one time and have like that one thing that's just like oh man so like i already know like if we were planning a trip i'll be hitting you i'll be hitting people up going oh what was that thing you said and like actually making a list because my wife that's yeah. one thing my wife loves doing is like researching ahead of time for our destination and then like figuring out our days like okay so on saturday we're going to do this this and this and 
um, like we were just in Mississippi, uh, or no, I'm sorry, we were just in Alabama the, uh, this last summer for a trip. We were experiencing down in the Gulf Shores, and you know, she's like the the company that brought us out there. Like we had an itinerary, like we want you to hit these locations, but then after that, and between that, you're free to do what you want. And some wife was like, she's doing all this research, and she's like, oh, there's this cool place here, and we, there's this restaurant there, and so yeah, I totally, I totally get that, totally for sure. Uh, so speaking of uh, speaking of video games, we're talking about Borderlands. Uh, Borderlands comes out today, the day this is being recorded. Uh, it's a weird time slot too. It's like 4 p.m. Pacific, uh, yeah. 5 p.m. for you, right? Yep. Yeah, and so I, I I know it's because of like you know time zones and something. Video games are always weird like that, anyways. Um, but uh, so you have you had a chance to play Borderlands at all? I was at the reveal event, um, and so I got to play at the reveal event. I got to try Amara and Zane, yep. I believe. Yep, that's what I got. Okay, and that was like the only time I really got to play it. Yeah, I played. Um, I played at the reveal event, and then um, uh, Guardian Con. I played. I played just a, a little bit. Right. And, and the reason I did that was because I was with my daughter, and, and uh, I was like, "Hey, you want to try this game? I think you'll like it." Because I think the first one was free on PlayStation Plus for like that around that time, and I was like, "You should snag this game and try it out. See if you like it." Um, it's just it's goofy and it's fun. But uh, so, what are your like? What are your thoughts from what you've seen so far? Like. Um, do you think that it's gonna it's gonna be what we've been waiting for for all these years, like from Borderlands Two? Because Borderlands Two is like arguably one of the best, like the original looter shooter. Yeah, and like some people compare Destiny to that over the last five years. Do you think Borderlands Three is gonna live up to the hype? I think so, and I mean, like, there's one negative review or like a couple negative reviews, and it's I think it's from people that it's not their target audience. But all the people that do like Borderlands, they just said it's more Borderlands, and they improved on stuff. And that's the thing is the formula was already so good that you don't need to innovate really. And maybe some people view it that way, but if the loot is already good and fun, if the characters are already funny, then just do more of it and people are going to like it. And so maybe they don't reach a new audience. Um, I'm thinking through all the talk and like kind of through the grapevine stuff, people are more aware of how good Borderlands is. I'm guessing the population of the game will be much larger but I think the the true fans, the 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 big fans, people like Killer Six. He tweeted out that it's everything he wanted. It's perfect. I'm gonna. I'm, I think I'm gonna trust Killer Six because he's been playing this game for since the launch and uh, making content every step of the way. So I'm ready for it. I'm excited. The characters look cool. The there's a, a ton of guns and and new locations. So yeah, that's the thing too. Is uh, we haven't really seen all the locations yet. Um, I know when we played at the reveal, we were kind of like in that one location the, the whole time. It's a pretty big map too. Like you drive your cars around because there's vehicles and stuff. And then at the uh, at Guardian Con, it was one like one mission. So you were just like at one place to go kill a boss. And I know yesterday I was watching somebody um, on the stream team that got the early access. They were at, like in a an outdoors like sun shining, almost looked like. Um, it almost it reminded me of like Overwatch, that one. What was that one map where you're like outdoors and it's like the birds are chirping and stuff. And it's like, oh, this is totally like it had that vibe. Then all of a sudden right. there's, there's a band and you're like, oh, OK, but it's Borderlands. Like it still has that Borderlands vibe. Yeah, well, there's a and there's like a couple of videos or screenshots of like. It's almost like uh, not a favela, but it was like in the trees and there was like these like beasts, like almost like tiger looking guys. And I like I want to see what area that is. And if. Is there more areas that we don't know about yet? Like that's the thing is it's this unknown, unknown for a lot of it. So I'm ready to jump in. I'm I'm on the fence. Like like I said, I popped in a couple of streams yesterday just to kind of spot check and see like what's going on and what's that. But at the same time, I'm almost like I don't want to watch too much. 
like right. which i'm not oh, normally yeah. i'm not normally like that normally i'm like yeah show me everything show me everything right like i don't actively seek spoilers especially like with destiny and stuff like that i don't actively seek spoilers but i don't honestly like go out of my way to avoid them um it's it's too hard not to like with everybody we follow and even like Bungie, like they're showing exotics you're just kind of like yeah it is what it is i'm gonna i'm gonna see them have some anticipation but one thing that I'm, i try to like i always tell people all the time like temper expectations and don't uh don't get your expectations too high you know with a lot of stuff right like when it, whether, it, whether it's destiny or and bungee what bungee talks about like people have this expectation like oh it's gonna be like this it's like uh hold on just, just wait yes so, but i but i think yeah. uh the fact that gearbox took their time and then you know I, how, when, when did borderlands 2 come out i feel like it's been like seven years ago seven I think. yeah i was gonna say seven or eight years so i feel like the fact that they took that long to make this game it should say something about it, right? Because we didn't even know about it until like they. It was almost like a they dropped a bomb saying, "Hey, it's it's official. Borderlands Three is coming. It's happening." And then short few what a month later, it was like the reveal event was there. It was like you know, right? It was quick. Yeah, they took they took forever to even mention it. And there was like a Unreal Edge Engine demo, and it was like Moe's. It was Moe's, and they were kind of showing it off, but. um there was no confirmation like, yeah, that's Borderlands right? Uh, or anything to do with it. So people were kind of waiting and then everyone, you know, there was some drama around the game and people were wondering if, well, what if it gets canceled? Like, what if it isn't actually coming, you know? And um, they, they made so many other games too in the past little while. Yeah. And some of them kind of similar, like they made that, uh, oh, I can't even think of the name. It's kind of like Overwatch. Battleborn. Battleborn. And I loved that game. It was really, really good. And, um, you know, it just seemed like they were almost focusing on other things, but they were just little projects and uh, they're their big golden boy of gaming. Uh, you know, I, I think they put a lot of love into it. And uh, if they didn't put a lot of love into it and it sucks long term, well, Destiny has like a huge, huge thing coming. Right, right. In, yeah, we're, we're good. Week, right. So I'm not too I'm not too worried about it. No, and I also like, like obviously that's the big question. I think everyone's mind is what's the end game look like? What's the replayability? Because I think you know a few people have said publicly like you know Borderlands end game is playing the story on all four characters because each character has different voice lines. There's different interactivity. Like we see that with Destiny in some instances where like if you're a female character, if you're a warlock or a hunter, like the voice lines change based on that. Uh, the dredgen. If you chose to like go with the dredgen, he calls you like brother and and whatever. But if you call, if you went with the vanguard, he calls you a traitor and a snitch. And you know, so there's different. So that's what Borderlands is with the four characters. Like they want you to play the campaign four times with each character. And then there's the different skill trees. So it's like it, the question is, is like, is that all there is? Like you, once you've done all four characters and you've unlocked all the skill trees, is there something else coming? We know there's DLC, but like, is there quote unquote like raid type activity where the better guns matter like that's i think that's everyone's everyone's big question on their on their mind right now right like, it's the only time and, will tell and have you like have you seen like the mayhem mode that you can do no no i heard it but i haven't, I haven't seen it so it <clears throat> excuse me sorry it uh it like reduces your health and damage and stuff but it like 200 percent the loot and stuff like that oh. so you can make it harder and i don't know if there's different tiers of that but they are adding ways to like optimize your farming and make the game harder and then they usually have like op levels which bring up the difficulty so something like a diablo um you can go from like you know merciless to inferno or whatever it ends up being so i know that that's going to be part of it but i am also one of those people that I want an end game boss to fight. So have you ever played Path of Exile? No. 
So I think that game does it one of the best is you play through the campaign and then you get to the mapping system and there are these kind of randomly generated maps and the enemies on them are, are random and everything. And so you farm those for gear and you make your way through this map system. But at the very center, um, there is a boss and um, he's like a very difficult boss and you got to get really good gear. And so it is this kind of thing to work with. And there's a lot of replayability in the map system, but there is a boss. There is a final boss that is tough and he drops amazing loot. And then there's an even uber boss. His name is the elder and there's like the uber elder and there's the shaper and there are these very strong end game bosses. There's one that you can fight both of them at the same time. And so, you know, you do this replayable content, some something like the mayhem mode from Borderlands, but then you have a tangible thing to fight after to get even better rewards and kind of challenge yourself. And I, I know that they had like the Terramorphous. Like, did you play Borderlands too much? Uh, yeah, I, like, I, I played through two characters. Invincible bosses or whatever they're called, like Terramorphous and all that stuff. And, you know, those are really fun, but I would love to see stuff where you group up with two or three or four people and, you know, do a raid maybe there's not crazy puzzles and jumping puzzles but mechanics with the boss stuff like that i'd love to be able to farm farm something like that um just for that kind of feeling of satisfaction where you know i have got a good build i do have good gear now let's take on that crazy crazy thing that you you almost can't beat solo and if you do beat solo you're like right the point zero 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 one percent so right it's like the raid bosses in destiny like you see these guys now like two manning and stuff you're just like what like this was designed for six and you're dealing with two yes exactly <laughs> so so yeah so speaking of destiny though we like as you mentioned we got shadow keep coming around the corner and thankfully they 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 did delay it by a couple of weeks so we actually get a couple of weeks of borderlands because uh, i think it's pretty safe to say that most destiny fans are fans of, of borderlands in some capacity whether yeah. people planned on getting both games or not, now they actually had that option of like, well, I was I wanted to get Borderlands, but Destiny's, you know, I was going to put my time into Destiny, so I'm not. But now that you got two weeks, I think for them, I don't know, I don't know how long the campaign is, but I feel like two weeks you probably should be able to get through most of the campaign on one character and kind of get through the the main story and everything and kind of get to that quote unquote end game before Shadowkeep even comes out. At least that, that's my goal. My goal is to hopefully get through and feel like I'm getting to that that max level before Shadowkeep. Yeah, I'm only going to focus on one character for that reason. Mm -hmm. I'm going to play um I'm going to play Flack mm -hmm. and and that's it. I'm going to get to max level. I'm going to min max the hell out of this robot entity that is a male or female, we don't know. <laughs> and um I'm just going to go with it and because you know, I just don't have time to cover everything and do all the guides. And the fact that I have 2 weeks, I feel very lucky, so I'm going to be the best Flack player and have the best flak character by the end of the two weeks and try to make as many guides and stuff on it. But um, I don't know. I'm really ready for Shadowkeep. I'm enjoying Destiny quite a bit right now because I, I have taken a lot of breaks. You know, I played Anthem. I played Division a lot. I just flat out didn't play Destiny for a long time. Uh, like, I didn't play any here uh, Season of the Drifter. I played um, one level one Reckoning, and then I didn't play the entire season. So I am kind of rested and knowing that there's a big update coming is awesome. But also the fact that first or new light is coming out, like the game is going free to play. I think it is going to be so big for us. And I feel like I'm the only one that notices this. Like people are talking about it, but there's some people that I know, you know, 
probably should be streaming and probably should be making more videos and like building up their audience for this game and prime for it. And it's like, they don't really care about destiny. It is going to be bigger than destiny to launch like drastically. It is going to be drastically bigger than forsaken. It's a new expansion that has a bunch of cool stuff. And there is going to be a massive influx of free to play players. Look at Fortnite. Look at Warframe. When you make a game free, people will come and try it out because I know a ton of my friends and cousins even all know about destiny because of me but they've never played it they never tried it because it costs 150 dollars to get into the game and you know now they can just jump in get a really good taste for it and maybe they stick around maybe they don't but there will be so many people with eyes on it with hands on the controllers trying it out for the first time and i i'm really excited to see those new players and hopefully you know help them out with the game oh absolutely i'm right there with you dude because that's one of the things i talk, you know because i I have a, I have a, a, like a skewed, like a very, I, I, my YouTube channel garnered a very young audience with my vlogs. And so now being on Twitch every day, you know, the, that younger demographic will come over to Twitch, talk to me for a little bit. You don't stick around very often because they're not really into destiny as much. But one of the things that we had talked about all the time is like, oh, I wish I could play with you. Now my talking point is come October 1st, you'll be able to get the, the new light edition. And there's gonna be a lot of activities you're gonna be able to run with me, right? Crucible strikes uh gambit public events like there's gonna be a lot of things you're gonna be able to jump right into and play with me on a, on a regular basis you know if i'm grinding a certain activity or you know we're doing nightfalls or something like that like you know you can you can do this with me and that's one thing that i've n never really had is like you know i don't I'm not, I'm not i love playing pvp but i'm not very good at it like i'm just like kind of that average player maybe slightly above average in certain instances but i don't do raffles i don't do carries i don't you know like pull people from chat um, my, my, I always say that my fire team is always open. So anyone that wants to play with me is more than welcome to, I kind of throw it out there when I'm playing iron banner or quick play. I'm like, Hey, anybody wants to play, let's go. And I'm like, I might get one or two people that are kind of like, you know, lurking. But like, I think now, like to your point, there's gonna be a, such an influx of new players that either have, they know what destiny is, but never really got into it or never knew what, not don't know what destiny is because like you guarantee, I guarantee you Bungie's gonna be promoting the hell out of it as like getting as many players in as they can. Cause that's, I mean, that's kind of what they did with destiny Two vanilla was they try to make it, you know, very simple to get into and and more of a casual experience where you didn't feel like it was a chore, right? And for yeah. us, obviously it lost some of that luster for us because very quickly we felt like we had everything, we did everything, we're like, okay, now what, right? And I think that this is their new version of that, like, okay, let's make it free to play, get everybody in. And then of course, like you said, they start playing with you and you're like, man, I really want to, I, I like playing with you, but now I, you're going to an activity I don't have access to. Well, how much is it? 10 bucks. Cool. Let me, I'll 10 bucks. I'll get you, you know, the season pass or, you know, shadow keeps 30 or whatever. So it's like they buy the expansion. And I think that's brilliant because that goes back to that free to play model that we see on like mobile phones where it's free to play, download the game and start playing. But then they're like, Oh, well I need more hearts or I need more coins. So you drop a 99 cents, you drop $5, you know, that's where that monetary starts going up. And I think that's what Bungie's banking on is like, get people in, get them, you know, used to the loot systems. Like, oh, we're going to do this raid, but you got to have the expansion. Like, oh, fuck it. I'm going to, you know, push the button, buy the, and now let's go raid, you know? Mm -hmm. but, and you know, it's even better than, than the mobile system because instead of being limited to how much you can play what you're already playing, you get, you're paying for a new thing and a, and a cooler thing potentially. And, and, you know, I think it's the perfect system because, there is a lot of crucible. There is a lot of strikes. There is a, you know, gambit and all these different things to play. And even if you just play that, like there's a lot of game there and a lot of fun you can have. And if you look at how many people have ever done a raid or completed it, 
maybe they don't ever buy the DLC, but there will be a ton of players still playing the base game and enjoying it. And hopefully, you know, we can take advantage of that. I mean, it's always, I make content because I love making content. But when I see something that is an obvious business opportunity to succeed and push it further and get in front of more people to entertain, like New Light is incredible. It is an opportunity of a lifetime. And so I'm excited for the new content because I get to play something and actually want to play. I want to really interact with this new armor system because 90% of the gear that I've gotten for the last couple of years, I just instantly dismantle, you know? And so it's exciting to have kind of that new thing to hopefully hunt down and enjoy. And, you know, from the development blogs, it seems like they, they know what we want or have a pretty good idea. And so I'm optimistic for it. And I don't know. I think this is the first time in a long time that I've been excited to play Destiny. I would say Forsaken, but even that, I got kind of burnt out again for some reason. Um, I, I think I think with Destiny, I've had a lot of, like Destiny 2 specifically, I've had a lot of burnout issues because there is not a lot of stuff that I want to chase. Spare rations reignited a fire because I wanted to get spare rations. It was statistically the best gun and I hunted for it hours and hours and hours. I got it. I was satisfied. It was good. But before that, I couldn't name a couple, maybe a couple little things that I wanted to chase. And, and like the thing too is it was like a tangible thing. It was very rare and it was a, a slog fest to get it. But I knew if I play Reckoning, I will get the gun eventually. Where a lot of the stuff in the game like especially with forsaken it was all these insanely cool exotics at the start like one-eyed mask was nuts ursa furiosa was nuts sharza yalanor whatever nuts but i couldn't get them they're right. rng i couldn't buy them i couldn't hunt for them and so you know it was almost like all these cool things around me but i couldn't even get them and i didn't get them i didn't get them until months later and so the coolest part of the new dlc that I wanted to interact with, I couldn't. And so then I got burnt out because I was like, well, I'm still using the same old stuff. I don't even actually get the new stuff. Right. So um, now, do you think I'm, that's, I'm optimistic. Do you think What's that's that? because uh, like you're, because you're, you're still prime, like your, your mind, you're still like a primarily like a PVP player. So you're only hunting guns and armor that help you in PVP. Do you think that's part of it? Somewhat, but, but at the same time, like when the world first raids come out, I am gunning to try to do it. So like I, like I hunted for mountaintop. I didn't want to do mountaintop quests, but it was one of the best options. And, um, you know, as long as it's something that's powerful and I can see value in, I'll hunt it. Even cosmetics. Now, cosmetics don't impact my, my gameplay or my stats. And that's typically what drives me. But if it's a really cool one, like if, if I had a molten titan armor and it took a lot of time to farm for it, I'd probably go for it because it is so cool. But again, most of the cosmetics in the game, you know, I'm not hunting for... And right. there's, not even, there's not even cool stuff to hunt like that. But it, it just has to be something so intriguing that I'll go for it. And I'll put in the hours and Destiny has struggled with that. Destiny 2 specifically has struggled with that for a long time. In the first game, I did Crota's End 40 times trying to get Black Hammer. I did the first raid, Vault of Glass, hundreds of times to get my, um, you know, my full armor set as well as the Fatebringer. Like, I, I took forever to get Fatebringer. I it never was, got it. It was a meme. I never no, got exactly. it. exactly. And so I think if Destiny embraces some of that cooler stuff to hunt, 
um, it's going to be in a much better place. Because at the, uh, what was it called? The, the summit event, mm-hmm. that was my biggest complaint. And I was kind of, I was kind of vocal about it. Like, I don't want to chase anything. I don't want to touch anything. I don't touch any of the end game content. When I played the Leviathan raid and I opened up the final chest and I got a chest piece that I infused into my crucible armor because it had worse stats. I, my stomach dropped. I, I was like, oh my God, the, the game is going to die. Like I turned off the stream right after finishing it. And I was so upset because I knew if the final chest in the raid gives me this piece of garbage, then right. What's the incentive? GG. Yeah. What's the incentive? So, no, I get you. I'm ranting. I'm no, ranting no, it's good. Hey man, past. that's what, that's, that's what it's about, dude. Like, cause that's the thing. I think, I think you make really good points. And, um, that's actually where I was going to go next was, you know, Luke Smith's, uh, director's cut. You know, he gave us right. a ton of great information, both past, present and, and future. And then he even did a follow up um, about the future specifically, like Crucible and stuff like that. Um, I it it definitely sounds like, and we I think we all kind of speculated, but it sounds like Activision definitely had more of a hold on creative decisions and what they could say publicly too. Like I heard, I've heard like whispers that when like someone would reach out to somebody at Bungie, there it'd take like days or weeks to get a response because they had to go through all these channels before they could publicly say something, right? Because, you know, you know, people can screenshot DMs and shit like that. And, you know, yeah. so they had to be very careful what they could say. Whereas, like, a post-Activision world, now when you DM or email somebody specifically, you get a response back right away because, like, it's just them making the decision. There's no, like, yeah. red tape to go through. And I feel like, even though we kind of threw that out there when they, when they made the announcement that they broke from Activision, um, like... You know, there were like rumors. There were there was like people saying that the everyone at Bungie hurrayed and like you know it was like a party and you know and everyone's like oh finally let's and every, I think the publicly we all assumed that Activision was that way and now it's kind of starting to feel like that like the Bungie's kind of validating that in some aspects to say that they had more of a hold now we can do these things now we can try these things and uh, I I just think that to your point they're going in a direction now that of something that I think we've all wanted or in a certain piece of it. And of course, you're not going to be able to please everybody. There's definitely going to be people who are going to be upset with the changes and, and Destiny's not going to be a game for them anymore, right? Just like how Destiny mm-hmm. 2 Vanilla kind of wasn't only a game for the hardcore Destiny 1 fans, this new version of Destiny 2 may not be, uh, uh, you know, for the newer Destiny 2, like, casual fans, you know? Only, yeah. only time will tell, and, and everyone has to make their own decision on, like, how much time and energy they want to put into it. And to your point... If the rewards are worth the, the chase and worth the grind, um, you know, I think it just needs to be people just need to have the mindset of like, the more time I put into the game, the better the rewards can be. And that's one of the things I love about the game is like, like you said, spare rations. That's what I, that's what I plan on grinding for today, right? Today's heavyweight. Like today's a good day to grind for spare rations. I'm gonna be <laughs> in there. You need a guy. I'll be. I'll be yeah. There. Yeah, man, I'm, like, I'll, I'll be in there and just like just going back and forth. I did two days ago was a was a good was good modifiers too, but today's heavyweight, so now today's just like one of the best. Um, but like, that's my point. Is like I know, like you said, I'll go in there and just eventually I'll get that role that I'm looking for, right? And in the t- in the meantime, because I'm a content creator, I'm talking to chat, I'm I'm showing off like my different builds, like you know, like today I'm gonna go in with a tractor cannon versus like a, a last. Um, couple days ago I was with like thousand voices I'm gonna go with tractor cannon this time and get like right underneath them and just boop them and you know like I'm changing my build so it adds to the content adds to the conversation and um, it's intentionality right it comes back to, to to intentionality but I actually want to pivot 
I kind of was go going that way, but I want, I want to pivot to content creation specifically. Uh, but, sure. but first we're going to take a quick break for an ad read. So we both kind of share uh, a similar story. We're both kind of uh, grew our, our community and our audience and our business um, off of YouTube. But uh, we were t we were kind of touching on it briefly in the beginning before we started recording uh, that you've been you've been streaming a lot more on Twitch uh, recently, and you've been streaming off and on for for years. Uh, I think even before I made the switch to Twitch, I was still on YouTube gaming. Uh, you were you were still streaming you were streaming on Twitch, but you kind of go through like um, kind of like lulls. Like you'll go you'll be streaming a lot at one point point in time, and then you kind of take a break and you're not streaming as often. T tell me about that. Like what goes through your mind? Like what puts you in the mindset of like I'm going to stream a crap ton this month and then another month goes by and you're like, eh, I don't feel like streaming. How, how does that work for you? Right. So my, my journey with that has been fueled by a couple different things. Um, you know, is some of, uh, no, most of it, unfortunately is financially, which I know that like some people are like, so into content and they're like, I love my community and I love making content. And I do, but I'm a very young father and I have a mortgage and I have to do what's best for my financial future. And so there was a couple different points in my career that drastically altered things and made me shift. And so when I first started, um, you know, I was trying Twitch, I was doing YouTube, I was doing them both pretty much equal, but there was also trials of Osiris going on and I could stream that and have very good viewership every weekend. And so I took advantage of that and I was streaming every weekend. and. So my Twitch grew pretty quickly alongside my YouTube. And then there was that crazy adpocalypse thing that really impacted my channel. It was like nine months of, of the, you know, the ads not showing on my channel. And you could appeal them, but sometimes it would take two weeks. And then all of a sudden I had to make videos, you know, a week in advance, two weeks in advance. And it was just really stressful. And so for um, a long time before Destiny 2, I was just streaming. Like I was almost 100% streaming. I hardly made any videos. If you go back and look, I dropped down to like 100,000 views a month on YouTube. Um, but then when Forsaken came out, the most interesting thing happened. I spent all this time building up my Twitch. I log in Twitch on day one, and I am like five scrolls down on the Twitch directory because there was every other person playing ninja was playing for a little bit the summit was playing dr disrespect was playing for a little bit and all of a sudden i'm buried under all these people and i was like oh my god uh, my twitch is gonna die <laughs> and so i went back to youtube and then that absolutely took off skyrocketed i tripled my best month ever and then it got to the point where it was like well YouTube is so big now that if I stream, I, I'm literally giving away money. Like I, uh, my stream is so small in comparison to my YouTube. And so it was this up and down and swinging. And I made decisions because it was best for my family. And then all of a sudden it wasn't the best decision for my family. And so I've just kind of had to adapt, but thank God. And you know, I guess I kind of wanted to circle back to this. I started because I wanted to make content. But I, I had to make these decisions for my family. But now I'm in a position, because of those successes, that I can do what I want. If I want to stream for a day, I'll go stream for a day. If I want to make videos for a day, I'll go make those videos. And so I'm finally back in a place where I can be a little bit more flexible with that and not feel like, oh, God, 
am I going to make rent? Oh God, can I pay my mortgage? You know, stuff like that. And so a lot of the reason why I'm streaming lately is just passion and wanting to, I'm excited. And when I decide I'm going to turn on that stream, and I'm going to go live. I do a four or five hour stream, hundred percent energy. And then I'm gone. I just do my thing. I don't do it necessarily. Um, because I want to get subs. I jump on because I want to be as funny as humanly possible. And that's the goal. And it leads to success. But I, I I don't have to stress about it anymore. And that leads to success because I'm just I'm just going live because I want to go live. And so it's kind of like this crazy full circle thing, you know? I had to make adjustments for me, but now I'm back to just enjoying things and like going live to entertain. So it's kind of cool. No, I, t I totally get that. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I definitely... Like I still, I still enjoy vlogging and, and I still vlog pretty much on the, on the daily, even though I don't post every day now, I'm, I'm kind of two days a week, uh, but I still vlog every day, but I definitely enjoy live more because the reason why I, I mean, I'm a vlogger, right? And so for me, it was always sharing my life, sharing my thoughts, sharing my experiences, and then trying to have a conversation about that. Like somebody chimes in and says, oh, I've been there. I've done that. Or next time you're there, you should try this or, oh, hey, are you, you're in that area? Next, you know, tomorrow I'll go get this. And um, so for me, it was always a conversational piece. And YouTube was the way to do it back then. And now we have live on everything, on every platform. Um, so for me, like live is that kind of like that next evolution of like, now I can have a conversation in real time with somebody. Um, and I say this all the time, like, I'll, you know, I do, I'll just sit and just chatting for an hour or two and just talk to chat because that's really the only, the main reason why I'm there. Video games are is like like that bonus, right? That that cherry on top because I do enjoy playing video games, and that would that's what I do in my like my free time as a hobby, and I've been able to turn that into a business and and do you know get the best of both worlds. Um, but on the flip side, I'm in this place where everything's kind of like not equal. I mean, there's still some things like YouTube still makes produces more revenue than than Twitch, but I'm in this place where like I'm kind of like doing all of it at once even this podcast, like it's, it's, I've split my, my, my diver, I've diversified because I had all my eggs in one basket with YouTube. And, you know, I've been through two adpocalypses now and, right. and even the algorithm has changed enough to drastically change how my videos are served and, and, and whatnot. And, and vlogging, I've talked about this a thousand times. Vlogging is definitely a different beast because every video is different. Whereas I think with, with gaming, you know, you spit, you spend a lot of time in one game. So you produce like, you know, five, 10, 20 videos on a game the algorithm kind of starts to sh to shape and alter. Oh, okay, you're starting to get like an authority on this game, right? Um, or right. if you just do one game, then you are that authority, and you just you just crush it, right? Once the once the algorithm realizes that your content on this topic garners a lot of watch time, then you continue to get recommended. That's kind of sounds sounds like what happened with Forsaken. It's like, almost like you took a break from Destiny, you started doing Destiny content again, and all of a sudden it blew up. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I, I definitely get that. I, but what I was getting at is I, for me, it's all like passion and it's all excitement and, I, and I'm all in on it. And I'd sometimes make the mistake of like following my heart and my passion. And it may not necessarily be the best business decision. Like my wife always checks in on me and she's like, should you be doing this or should you be playing that? Or, you know, I, I overheard you talking to so-and-so about this. Like, is that just for fun? Is that just personal? And I'm like, well, it's all personal and fun. Like, you know, it's all the same. Yeah. But her point is, is like, you know, you since you're live, should you be doing something else that's potentially better for the overall holistic? And that's the part where I, I internally have to struggle with sometimes because it's like, yeah, you're probably right. But if I get this done, then the next stream, I don't have to do it. 
and you know and feel like i've stretched it across you know it's taking clint forever to do this right like like right now i'm, I'm like 400 points away from legend like 5500 5, in glory and i'm trying to get it done before the season ends so that next season if i can do it again i'll have the unbroken title right so and, i was in the same situation yeah <laughs> and so like like i streamed yesterday and we got one match an hour it was horrible because there's just nobody mm-hmm. at that uh, at that time of day at that rank there's just no teams and so we were just sitting in queue and, I, and it was fine because i was talking in chat but then like i lo- my internet died and i had to like i lost my stream and i and the guys were like well we'll keep playing I'm like all right cool i'm just not gonna stream it let's just play because let's try and get this done because i felt bad and so my you know my wife's like are you streaming i'm like i'm just gonna try and get this done and then that way tomorrow when i stream i can just do spare rations i can just grind reckoning i can, you know i don't have to go back in the queues and sit for another but it didn't happen. We're like, I'm still sitting around 400 points. So, um, but that's, that's the point of passion versus business. And if you can find that kind of like that sweet spot in the middle, which sounds like you have, then mm-hmm. you're, it's like the best feeling in the world. Yeah. And I mean, like, like, I feel like people like, it's weird. People don't want content creators to make money. Well, no, not everyone. Some people do. I have awesome supporters, but like, if you take like a sponsorship, you do this. Like, there are so many people that like hate you for it. And like, if you um, if you care about your metrics, like I care about my metrics. If my views are going up, I get hyped up about it. If they're going down, it sucks. It's just like any business, and it's almost like when you start mentioning that stuff, people start thinking that like you're not passionate. I make a video every day or two videos a day. I am grinding out here, not just because of the money. Yeah, the money's good now. The money changed my life. I bought a house at 27. I have two nice vehicles. I'm, I'm gonna say it. People know it. People can see my Instagram account. I'm so damn lucky. But I still love making content and I will continue to make content and I've shifted my content to, to do what I want to do and be passionate about it again because I have had this success. But like, would you rather me be like poor? Like, would you rather me have to work a a terrible job and then come home and make that passionate video? That's the thing I don't get is like, if I'm successful, I just have more time now because I can do this full time and I'm not in university anymore. I can stream and make videos. I couldn't do both. And and that was, I, I guess that was the thing I forgot to mention is like, I was in school. I was working. It was like videos or stream. I can't do both. I don't have enough time. And like, I've got family, all this stuff. Now I can do that. I can enjoy the luxury of making the content on YouTube and on Twitch now. And, you know, I know how lucky I am. I recognize how lucky I am. I went through some pretty crazy moments where I almost quit multiple times. And so now that things have taken off and I'm, I'm, I'm more successful, like this year, by July, I had 4 million views more than last year total. And that's without, you know, September happening yet. Right. So, you know, like it, it has grown tremendously, but now I don't have all this crazy outside stress in my life so I can be more entertaining and, and you know, be more me because I'm not in the back of my mind thinking, maybe you should get a part-time job. Like, you know, so yeah. no, I get it. I totally get it. And and what's funny is too is is I um definitely in that in that boat because like when I quit my job, um that first like eight months was all in on the vlogs, and that's when we like we hit 100k on the channel, and then like in the next month we hit 200k, and it was just like because right. like it was an overdrive, right? Like the hype of me hitting 100k. I bought a dirt bike because I was like my 
my commitment to my community like cause at the time I was really big on dirt bikes and stuff like that and um and but then like what happened was that august is when youtube gaming launched and i was i started dabbling in twitch because again i had more free time right the kids are in school so my thought process was well, i'll stream during the day when they're in school and then just vlog like i normally have but instead of being at work my my new job is streaming right and try to build another community and trying to build it you know and so fast forward to today like I said, I've, I've fallen in love with live streaming almost more than vlogging. And like, I don't, I just rather be live all the time, right? Like I'll stream for right. six or eight hours, you know, during the day, get offline, spend time with the family, but my kids are 14 and 12. So they get home from school, they get home, they have sports when they're done with sports and they're kind of like done for the day. They want to go do their own thing, right? My son plays video games. And he's on with like, you know, four kids in a party chat, like they're on PlayStation and they're just like, you just hear him laughing and, and having a great time up there. And my, my daughter will FaceTime her best friend and they're like, they're, they're like hanging out, right? But they're FaceTime each other. So it's almost like they're there with each other. And that's the beauty of technology these days is like, you know, I, I, people always say how kids need to get outside and, 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 and like, you know, exercise or get outside and play, stop playing video games. It's like, they're, they're, they're still hanging out with their friends. They're doing exactly what we did. Like if you wanted to play Zelda with your friend, you had to sit on the couch next to your friend and you had to watch him play. And then when he died, you passed the controller. Today, right. you can play Fortnite with your best friend who lives across the country as if you're sitting right next to him. And, but you're doing it in the luxury of your own home. And same thing with, like I said, with the phones, like my daughter FaceTimes with her best friend or now that it's group FaceTime. So they'll have like three or four friends all FaceTiming each other. And it's like, same thing. They're hanging out. They're having a good time at the luxury of their own home. And one of the things I've struggled with is that like, like as the kids have gotten older, they're around less and less for me to vlog. So the vlogs have kind of gotten less and less like entertaining in my opinion. And so that's why I've come back to two days a week. And I'm just, and then also because I'm so into this and like this, you know, my whole space that I built and, and I just love streaming along with playing video games that it's almost like the vlogs are taking a back seat and it's rough because like, especially with all the things going on with YouTube right now. Like I haven't had comments for six months. Like that's rough. Like, right. Yeah. Not, being able, that. not being able to like have a conversation with my audience. Um, and, and so it's, it's, I'm in this weird like predicament of like where to put most of my energy and time. Like I don't want to give up on the vlogs because I'm so close. Well, relatively close to that gold play button, right? Like 13 years of YouTube. I want that trophy. Like I want that on my wall back here to say I did it right. Blood, sweat and tears sit on the side of the road to upload a vlog, sit in a coffee shop for four hours while my family had fun because I had to get a vlog up. Like I want a, you know, something to show that, that I did that. Um, but man, yeah. YouTube makes it so hard sometimes to, to keep, to keep pushing through. So I'm, I'm grateful for uh, having my community on Twitch and having a place to, I think more than anything, just a place to express myself and have that conversation still. Cause that's ultimately what I love to have. Yeah. And, and you know, with Twitch, um, has it, has it like evolved to a thing too, though, that like, if you're not vlogging, you're like, do you know what? It's okay. Twitch is growing. I'm feeling good about it and, and stuff. Cause like, that's the stress is you built up this whole thing. And then, you know, maybe you lose some of the passion or like the views aren't there. It, it's, it is really, really stressful because it's almost, it's almost like a ticking clock it, it, or, or like, it's almost like this like looming thing because you can see it like decaying or, or like. I don't know. It's like this thing that was once booming because that's the interesting thing about about it is is sometimes you have these crazy months where you have five million views and then you have some where you hardly get any and it it's always this stressful thing in your life like well what did I do wrong or why isn't it going and so you know 
for me, it's switching to this new thing is like a big change for you. It is. It is. And, it, you know, it's been two years on Twitch. I did two years on YouTube gaming. So I've been I've been live streaming consistently almost as long as I've been full time. Uh, it'll be five years this December. And um, for me, I definitely like I saw the writing on the wall. 2017 came and I had this uh, the most like epic summer in 2016. And I would I would have put money on the table that I would have like hit a million subs in 2017. And if things honestly, the numbers, the, the percentage of growth continue to happen, I would have almost made, I, I would have felt to the point where I was like, oh, I'm going to make a million dollars next year. Like the, yeah. the, the growth and the, and the, the doubling of, of everything, right? Viewership, subscriptions, likes, uh, shares, like all the numbers were just through the roof. But when that, when, when 2016 started to come to an end and the numbers started kind of dipping down a little bit and I was like, that's kind of weird. That's like, you know, you pull the, you pull the graph out and you're like, that's a weird trend. Something's changing. And then 2017, like a switch was like this huge drop off. I was like, something's changed. Something's different. I haven't done anything different. Like if anything, I'm doing more be like better and more fun things because my free time and having extra money to, th to do fun, cool things. And I'm like, something's changed on the backside. And that's when I was like, okay, time to diversify a little bit here. And that's when I made the decision to, to, to switch to Twitch. Um, because I was like, I needed to kind of separate myself and get on two, at least get on two different platforms. That was my biggest fear was having, even though it was two channels, both of them were on YouTube. And if the algorithm changed for one, they could change for the other one. And, um, right. so that was, that was my big jump to move to Twitch. And then, like I said, a, a year ago, I started doing the podcast as just like another, another creative element. Cause you know, some people who love audio podcasting is huge because you can listen to it while you're working, while you're working out, while you're walking, while you're driving, Whereas you can't watch a video, right? Or you can't watch a live stream. And so for me, it was just an, another, because I like to talk. So podcasting makes totally sense for me just to be able to, you know, sit here and talk about something I'm passionate about without being interrupted, without losing my train of thought because of, you know, something happening on stream, which happens a lot. So yeah, I, it's been, it's been, it's been good for me, but, um, I'm really, I'm excited. I, I love, I love every once in a while, like I'll see a tweet from you, but I, I not joking. I will go to your, tw your Twitter uh, page and read your tweets because <laughs> you're so like you, like you're definitely like you wear your emotions on your sleeve and that's not a bad thing. Oh, like yeah. you're very, you're very transparent with your emotions. Like if you're feeling like super pumped and super happy, you'll share snapshots of like your stats and like, guys, thank you so much. This is the best month ever. Like I remember you tweeting that you've, you, you hit record numbers on your YouTube channel and, and like you just said, September's not even here yet, right? Like that's usually that's usually the bump, and you've already hit right. that, you know. And so, like, I love. I'll go through. I'll just scroll through your 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 Twitter and just kind of almost like check in with Tash, right? Like, what's what's going on, right? And um, you know, for 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 better or worse, you are very transparent with your emotions and how you're feeling. And I think you've kind of catered your audience to that, right? They they kind of are like like, well, what is what is what does he think? What do you think? How you doing today? Like, what are your thoughts on this, right? And you and right specifically like recently you talked about the borderlands thing right with the early access right and so i clicked down on the replies i'm reading the replies and, and like i said you have a lot of replies and they're going like dude it, like we're here to watch your take on it it may not you may not be the first but like we want to hear what your thoughts are on the game what your thoughts are. and then you just said you're going to focus on flack and like be the best flack and so you're gonna be the go-to go guy for flack videos you know and i Hopefully, think yeah i think that's just great that you've kind of like built that audience because you have been so forthcoming and so transparent because i think there's so many content creators that like they keep their personal life and their feelings kind of like in check and out of it like you know how they're feeling you don't know what's going on in their life you almost feel like they have like this perfect life because that's the only thing they show you know and i think right. that's a that's a um 
a good thing that you, in my opinion, because I'm the same way, I'm very transparent with my feelings. If I'm having a bad day, I throw a tweet out there and, and it's not necessarily to get like some like love or some attention, but it's almost like, I just want you to know that I'm human too. And I have bad days too. You look at my life and you're like, oh, Clintus has the best life. You know, he's plays video games all day and gets tips and subs and stuff. And it's like, man, I, I, I wake up in bad moods. I wake up in shit. Like, I don't feel like getting out of bed some days, you know? Yeah. D like, and that's the thing is like, there are some like crazy highs, but the lows are low. There's a thread on Reddit last night that I read before bed. I wish I wouldn't have read it. And it ruined my entire day. It, it made me feel like shit. The amount of people that were, were saying terrible things about me. And it's like, oh, well, just don't read them. I'm a human being. I can't help it. I think that's my biggest weakness is like there's a thousand good comments and one bad one. And I'm like, well, what did I do? Why? Why? Why don't you like me? And I, I know that it's partly like a, I don't know if it's an I don't even know what to call it, like not an ego thing. We care Maybe about what people is, think. Like, we care about what I, people I think. I, I care way too much. It's like a and it, I wouldn't say it's like necessarily a narcissism thing, but it's just like a like it really impacts me when someone hates me or dislikes me. And like in school, I had a lot of friends and I was kind of friends with everyone and I tried to be friends with everyone. And um, so like when someone doesn't like me, I'm like, well, why not? <laughs> Everyone, everyone else does like I, i'm trying to like I'm, I'm i'd like to think i'm friendly but you know actually ryan or true vanguard's wife she she posted something that it made me laugh she's like you can be the biggest juiciest most delicious peach and someone's still gonna hate peaches you know <laughs> someone's gonna be allergic to peaches and you, you can't do anything about it and it's been five years six years that i've been doing this I still haven't accepted it. <laughs> I still struggle with this so much. And so, you know, no, I'm I'd right there with I'm you. Slightly thicker skin. Like, but my skin is still, is still a little paper thin, unfortunately. I think it's just, the, it's our DNA, man. It's who, it's how we were raised, right? We're like, we're nice guys. Like we, we want to want everyone to feel inclusive. And like, you know, I had this, 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 uh, not, I wouldn't call it a debate, but like, uh, there was a guy who tweeted out, I was after like one of the, like latest mass shootings and stuff like here in America. Um, mm -hmm. And this guy, he's, you know, big, I don't know. I, I, he's a streamer, but I've never heard of him before, but he's like verified on Twitter, like got a bunch of followers. Like he throws out a comment, like basically saying like, if you have a, if you have a platform, if you're a streamer, no more of this hiding. Do you remember that? Yes. I okay. saw that. So I just responded and I, and I, and I was being nice. I was just like, you know, I, well, I agree that everyone should educate themselves on like Paul, you know, politics and, and and gun laws and stuff like that if they're gonna like talk about it like they need to be educated i don't feel like my stream is the right place for that kind of conversation for multiple reasons right but that's just like my opinion and he mm -hmm. just went straight to an insult like it's because you're a fucking coward and i'm like whoa like okay like right. i'm just saying that i don't agree with that part of your statement like that part i, I agree with the first part i didn't agree with the second part and um but like that's the thing is like to your, to your point like we want, I, my, my, my point was, I was, I want everybody to be inclusive. And if we start talking about politics, it separates people, right? Cause then you're either on the left or you're on the right, or you're somewhere in the middle. And then people start throwing like, throw, you know, uh, punches at each other. And then it, what's worse is that not everybody, not everybody is educated. You have like this, like slight opinion on something or, well, you know, my dad told me this, or my wife said this, and, and they're not even like educated on what they're talking about. And then you get somebody who is, and then it just kind of ruins the conversation because they're like well you're wrong because of this this and this and they're like where did you get that from you know it just it's yes horrible absolutely. and so i think to to your point like we want everyone to feel like we want to be everyone to like each other 
And when you say something, you just kind of like, you don't want to be, have a good time. You know, you want everybody to have a good time in your chat or in your comment section or whatever. But at the end of the day, to the peach analogy, there's, there's always going to be someone who does not agree with your opinion just because they don't want, they don't want to, they don't want to agree with you. They don't like you. So whatever you say, they're just going to say the opposite. And it's like, but, I, yeah. but, but I mean, I'm the same way though. Like I yeah. definitely have gotten a thicker skin recently. Like I would say even just recently. And I think it's because of Twitch because in YouTube you leave a comment and then they walk away. Right. And you read the comment and you can either reply to it or you can delete it or you can ban them. But it's like, you can reply and then hope that they respond back nine times out of 10. They don't, if they do, it's another smart ass remark or another shitty comment. Whereas with Twitch chat, it's in real time, right? So you're having a conversation with this person and then you're also having the conversation with another, you know, say hundred people in that are in chat. And so I feel like over the last probably year, I've gotten definitely more thicker skin with, with like a negative comment or negative connotation towards things, whether it's financials, uh, whether it's my content, my numbers, the views, like I'm just kind of like at the point now I'm like, shrugging it off because it's like well your opinion doesn't really matter because you don't know the whole story you don't know who i am like you don't know x y and z you don't know my bank account you don't know you know my personal stuff that i don't share like there's all these other things you only see what i what i show you right and you're, yeah. ma you're making your own opinions about it so i feel like knowing that in the back of my mind and keep telling myself that it doesn't matter what they say right like it's it, it literally doesn't matter they're uneducated they're ignorant they're you know whatever yep no, absolutely. And that's the thing is they are ignorant. They're they're high school bully type people. But uh, you know, and, and like it it's so unfortunate because you know that they're doing it to other people too, probably. Like they're just like these super unhappy people trying to make everyone else unhappy. And like that's kind of the comment I make a lot of time is I just I'm so I feel so sorry for you. Like that you're taking the time out of your day to make someone else feel so bad. But they're damn good at it because, like, some <laughs> days it sucks. But, like, the good, the good outweighs the bad. And, and the amount of times that, you know, those negative things impact me long term is very rare. It's almost, like, it's almost like they just catch you the wrong way one day. But for the most part, content creation is an overall amazing thing that changed my life. And I feel extremely lucky because I know how many people try. And potentially make better content than me or or maybe not better but it's different content and they deserve to succeed and they might not ever because it's so saturated it's so competitive and the fact that i got to do it is is amazing and you know i know that there's consistency i know that it's like quality content i know that i made it not because of a complete handout but that's kind of one of the reasons why Especially now, I'm just trying to really entertain and, and even improve my content. I've actually, I've tried to work on my thumbnails. I've tried to work on, like, I, I kind of changed up my desk and I got a standing desk and I want to make sure I got a good posture because I want to do this long term because I know that I've been, I, I've been given this amazing gift. I've, 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 I get to entertain people online. And um, I don't want that to slip away because I'm lazy, because I'm unhealthy, any of these things. I, I, I'm finally at a point where, you know, the stresses in my life are kind of gone. School's done. I'm, I'm more financially stable. And so I can be the best MTASHed, you know? And so I think that's part of it. It's like, it's not even that I wanted to quit because I wasn't passionate. It's, it was like the circumstances. And, and like, I'm finally in this place where like, there's new games coming out. There's, there's like this, this wave of growth. There's this wave of, of just excitement in me and happiness in me and the, the 
the comment section is more positive and and the and the twitch chatters are more positive and it, it's kind of like if there's all those things going right then i must have done something right but like it, it's almost like a sign like i gotta keep going i gotta keep going because if it's doing this good now it will in the future it'll be even better in the future and i don't know i've got this like crazy motivation so you know there's shitty days there's one bad guy that <laughs> roasts you but there's so much good out there that and there's so many people that you know maybe they had a bad day at school that hopefully i can make them smile or make them laugh or make them forget about that that bad thing and i think that's like my biggest goal is i know there's people struggling out there and i hope that one day i can give back to people and and um you know like donate money and like financially help people but for right now i can make them laugh i can i can be kind of a, a bit of an escape and uh you know a shoulder to a shoulder to lean on on a on a bad day so absolutely dude you everything you just said 100 is where i'm at like again I, my youtube channel catered to more of a younger audience in the early days and, and a lot of a lot of these kids have grown up with me right like i get emails and and even in chat right there, there's 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 a couple people who are in my chat room um who have been watching me for say five years right they're in college now they're in university now and they were watching me when they first started high school and um i gotta give a shout out to one uh fulcrum I remember the first time she came to my Twitch chat, she dropped a sub. And I think she dropped, I don't know, maybe that $50 tip or something like that. She's like, I wanted you to know I've been watching you for five years. I'm in college now. I have a job. So I, I'm able to actually, actually support you. And I, want, I wanted to thank you for all the content of all the years, watching your kids grow up. And I was like, oh my God, like that is such an awesome feeling that, mm -hmm. that she feels that way. But then like the fact that she's, you know, wants to continue that support in a different way, right? She's, you know, for her high school year, she was just watching. And now she's like, I know you do this full, full time. And like every little bit helps and, you know, things like that. Um, but then on the, on the flip side, again, I get emails and I, I just, I just got a letter from my PO box and I opened it up this kid, uh, named, uh, uh, Connor who wrote me a letter and was like, all like, I watch your videos and I'm, uh, he's autistic. And so he has bad days at school, right? Like whether it's a, an emotional thing or a social thing, he comes home and he knows that he'll just flip on one of my videos and he says he has his favorites. And so he'll like watch certain videos and, um, it always cheers him up. Cause he's like, he's like, he feels like he's hanging out with us, right? He's hanging out with my yeah. kids and stuff like that. And you know, those little, those little moments of reassurance that what I'm doing is having a positive impact. And it's almost like it try it almost brings me back around full circle to like, okay, I should focus more on this side of my vlogs or, you know, and, and ultimately the problem is that I know there's such a diverse audience and when I'm creating this piece of content, I'm thinking of this group, but then I'm like, what about this group? Right. And so I'm trying to like go back and forth and touch base on, on, um, on all of it. And it's, it's hard, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to keep up sometimes, but, uh, the positivity definitely outweighs the, the negativity and the fact that you said, you said yourself, right. There's that one bad comment that almost like ruined all those other, like it washed away all the good comments. You could have a hundred great comments. And there's that one bad one, and that one bad one is, is, is almost like sharp and, and, and pierces the, the the balloon that you had, and you're almost like, you don't even care about all the good stuff you had, because it's like that one bad one just shattered everything. And I've tried yeah. to definitely shake that mentality. It's like, I'm at the point it's now- It's a psychological where... phenomena. I like it. <laughs> yeah. It is. I think CAC is HD. He was talking about it, how he like researched it, because he's like, he doesn't even read the comments anymore, because- it just it impacts him quite a bit and he was kind of you know like curious like about that and I, I don't know what the ratio is it's like one to a hundred or one to a thousand it's it's very severe 
where one bad comment it just it it hits you so hard it resonates so hard and it's almost like uh if you say something and then you say but everything before it you know it kind of cancels it out it's kind of the same thing is it's like it's almost like people are just saying nice things to say them you know once someone says a mean thing it's like oh i don't even serious you know like it's it, it's just such a crazy mentality thing but i you know we'll we'll get it one day we'll figure it out and it's <laughs> even with that it, with that part and you were talking about how the channel has evolved and now twitch content creation is such an evolving thing and and you know that's one of the reasons why some people really fall off is they can't evolve with it and they can't grow with it and they can't realize when something's not working or they're not willing to try something new and you know it's it is a constant limbo of not really knowing what the hell we're doing we're, we're trying to entertain we're trying to do the best thing possible but we don't know what it is and, and it's like always like hindsight too i should have been a Fortnite player you know how was yeah. i supposed to know you should have been a, a minecraft channel how are you supposed to know yep and so it's always just like trying to do the best you can with the knowledge you have and and adapt to it and and grow from it and hopefully one day i'll make good content <laughs> One day I'll hit that number. I don't know. I'll tell you, man. Just, go ahead, go ahead. I don't know. It's, it's it's interesting talking with you about this stuff, though. Too. You can't talk about this stuff with anyone other than a content creator, because like most people don't get it. And like I talk to my wife, and like she understands like you know how things are going, and like I talk to her about the struggles and the and the stress. But it's very different like the mental stress that I have versus the stress she has. She's at work at a pharmacy where sick people are coming in, yelling at her about prescriptions and different things. And, and she's standing on her feet all day and it's such a different experience. And so when someone like me complains about like how things are going, she's kind of like tuned it out. She's like, I had the worst day of my life. Like shut your mouth. You were at home all day um, because it is, it's a, it's a kind of a foreign thing. And, and like the things that stress me out are very different than other people. You know, I, I have to remind people that all the time. Cause, cause I was for, there was a while there, especially when the YouTube channel was kind of going like down where I found myself complaining a lot in the vlogs. I and mean, even my wife had to like remind me, she's like, you're complaining again. Like you're like, do you think they want to hear you say the same thing the 10th time? And it's like, what was me kind of thing. And I've definitely had to change mm -hmm. that mentality. But on the flip side, back to what we were saying a minute ago with like Twitter and stuff, it's like at the same time, I have to remind, I feel like I have to remind people like I have bad days too. And what I stress about might be different what you stress about, right? Like using your wife as an example, like, you know, she's got people in, in her face to face and, and it's still customer service, right? And even though we're creating content and it seems like the glamorous lifestyle, it's kind of like customer service. Like, especially you, you make guides, you make how to's, you're giving tips and tricks. Like, People come to you expecting knowledge, and so they want good quality. They want you know, you need to be in a good good frame of mind so that you're conveying the information in a in a, in a good way. Because of you're just like, well, guys, yeah. So here's the role, and it's not like what's wrong with my, I'm gonna go some watch someone else, right? Like you you know that yeah. you got to give that good kind of that good service, and so uh, it's like I have to remind people like, yeah, I have bad days too, and and I have stress, and like I have a business, and I have a family that I provide for, and like it's just what I'm doing is different than what you're doing, but everything else that we're as a human or as a father or as a husband or a man or whatever, we all share those, that commonality. It's just the job itself is different. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. 
And like, and like, that's the thing is, is even going back again, I keep going back is like some of the changes I made and like the financial thing. It's like, it's like the primal urge in me to provide. And, you know, I was in school and I started my content and then it was like, Hey, I could replace my part-time job. And then it was like, Hey, I could replace my full-time job in the summer. And then it was like, Oh my God, after university, I could make content. And so I did that because that was the best option. But if it isn't the best option, if it's a terrible option, if, if things tank so bad, even though I love it, I have to do what's best for my family. And so I've made sacrifices and I've made these adjustments because, you know, I'm a realist too. I'm not going to sit here for five viewers streaming and not working. I'll come home and stream after the fact, after I've come home from my job. But the thing is, is like, I'm such a realist with that stuff is like, if it's not the best option for my family, I have to quit. And I almost quit multiple times. I applied for a job. I had a job at a university and I had it in um, before, before Monster Hunter World. So <clears throat> last February, so like a year and a half ago, let's say I had a job, a good job. And I said, <clears throat> excuse me. And I said, no, I'm going to try one more time. I'm going to try Monster Hunter. If I can make Monster Hunter work, I can make other games work. I can do this. And I took the gamble on it. But if Monster Hunter didn't work out, I would not be making content today. And some people don't know that. But I had the job. I had, I had a, a month before it started, essentially. And I knew that I could walk into that position. Or I could try Monster Hunter. Well, I, I mean, I, I had time to do Monster Hunter World. But... I took the time. I took the, the, the new game. I went in, you know, head first into it. I succeeded and I said, I can do this. You know, I, I continued, but if it went the other way, I'd be done. MTash would not have continued. I would have been working uh, probably maybe in that same position this whole time. And, you know, I just I have to be real that I'm not in a bubble, but I'm in a position that is, is in, a, in many cases risky financially volatile and uh, and I, i'm not going to do that to my family i'm not i'm not going to tank things i'm not going to if another crazy adpocalypse happened like let's say they just said shooting games are not allowed i'd probably leave because that's what i'm known for and uh i can't i i can't risk that for right. my family so yeah that's kind of where i'm at right now waiting to hear what's happening with this uh family uh, the the kid content youtube announced last week that a bunch of changes are happening to kid content which i don't really think that my channel is what they classify as kid content but because i've last comments because i had an ad another ad apocalypse happen last year i'm i'm not like fully confident that i'm good but i'm in the same yeah. boat I'm like kind of like well it's gonna happen am i gonna lose those personalized ads because that's like 90 percent of the ad revenue is personalized exactly. ads um but that's again that's the reason why I've, I've tried to diversify the last couple of years it's just just in case just in case yeah but uh yeah, but at least like that's that's like, like, how stressful is that? You built up this amazing thing. You know, you're going to get to a million subscribers. It's just going to take a little bit more time. And then they say, by the way, none of it, you can't have it anymore. It's, it's unlike any other career. Because like, even like, I don't know, Justin Bieber. Let's say he becomes unpopular in, in a couple of years. He still has his records. He still like has all that stuff. And like, maybe people don't like him as much, but no one can take away his records and say like, they, no one can play those anymore. 
but with your content, they can kind of like shut things down and be like, oh, well, now you just don't get comments. Oh, now you don't get ads on your content. So even if you wanted to make money with it, even if you wanted to provide for your family, too bad because we say so. Yeah. And you can't do anything about it. You can't sue YouTube. No. You can't, you can't do it. And so that's pro, like, you know, one of the reasons why it's so stressful too is because like, how did you know that that change is going to happen? You didn't. How did I know that another content creator was going to drop an N-bomb on a stream that would lead to an article that would lead to nine months of ads not playing on my videos? Right. You can't even anticipate it. And it's And like, that was the biggest punch in the gut. And sometimes people roast me because they're like, oh, you're all in for the money. You made a Patreon. Like people roast me about making a Patreon because I made a video and I said, I either make a Patreon and I get support or I quit. That's it. And so if you like my content, you'll support me. And I know to some people that sounds really gross and really greedy because it's like, well, if you don't pay me, I won't make the content. But that was the decision because I had an apartment. And if I didn't have a job that paid me money, I can't keep apartment. I can't make content. I can't provide for my family. I was just going to quit. And so thank God people came in and they did support me. But like if the adpocalypse never happened, I would never have had to ask. I, I couldn't I couldn't have even defended against it. Right. So I, you know, I asked my audience, they came through, they changed my life, and they they allowed me to continue to make content and weather the storm. But it was nine months of, oh my God, it's all being swept away. And I had just graduated. And so I have this marketing degree. And instead of getting in the workplace and starting to get experience, I chose to make content. And then it all got taken away. And so like it, it was like a double whammy. It's like shit <laughs> yeah <laughs> shit i didn't i didn't I, like i could have probably found a job and and like now i didn't find that job and, and double like it was it's just it's just like this compounding thing with no control that's the way uh, that's one of the you things I, I was just talking about this actually with, the other day about partnerships right like we're partners with youtube we're partners with twitch and like we don't pay anything to use their services it's a free service Obviously, they take a portion of the revenue, and that's that's the partnership, right? But at the end of the day, it's twitch.tv slash mtash. It's youtube.com slash clintus. It's like it's right. their site, they own it all. And if tomorrow they decide to delete it, like you said, there's nothing we can do about it. It's part of that contract that we signed. You know, we clicked the I agree bullshit. Like that's just the way the that's the way it works. And so as yeah. long as we follow the rules and do everything we're supposed to, then we can flourish and have a nice business. But you hope yeah. maybe they make changes someone else can break the rules yeah. and and you know yeah exactly it's crazy <laughs> but you know that's the good thing though you said you know diversifying to twitch because the funniest thing is the most interesting thing is is um so this month i have streamed more and like a part of it is because i went on vacation but my revenue on youtube dropped 34 percent, and i did the math on it the revenue that I got increased on Twitch was almost exact same dollar value. It, it, it replaced it. And so I transitioned into it. And so this month I'll make almost identical. It's a, a few hundred dollars less than last month, but it's just some in YouTube, some in Twitch. And, and that, that almost made me feel better because mm -hmm. it's like, you know what? If something ever happened, at least I have this other thing. And so that's part of the reason why I'm refocusing on Twitch a little bit is just like, what if what if something happened and part of the reason why i transitioned away from twitch is what if something happens with twitch you know i want to have the youtube going keeping together and you know there's sponsors that come in that are really helpful to like um 
you know, stabilize things like ViewSonic is one of my big sponsors now this year. Amazing. They sponsor every single video. It's like a, a year long contract. That is such a stress reliever. And so, you know, you almost have to look to outside sources from even content mm-hmm. to try to diversify. And like, and like the podcast is, it's content creation, but it's quite a different thing, as you were saying. Like it, it's a very different thing. And it's something that you can feel like, um is sheltered i guess is mm-hmm. sheltered from from maybe some of the other things going down and so you're smart to do that you're very smart i've got the two things right now my other thing is I, you know strip on the weekends but <laughs> that's for another thing that's that premium snapchat that's a premium snapchat <laughs> but dude it's been a blast talking to you thank you so much for uh taking the time to hang out uh do a, do a quick plug where, where can people find your content i'm mtashed everywhere twitch Twitter, YouTube, OnlyFans. I mean, what? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just MTashed everywhere. Same. I, and I was smart about that. When I started my channel, I said, if I ever get big, I better have a username on everything. And so I logged into everything. I think I even have a Pinterest at MTashed. And I made it my brand and I stuck with it. So. Smart. Not smart <laughs> to do that. I think I know a lot of people who have like different names on different platforms. And, and then what happens is they don't think about that early enough. And someone else snags it and sits on it and then they're screwed. Yeah. yeah that happens all the exactly. time. Exactly. Well, thanks a lot, man. Uh, I'll definitely be seeing you online with Borderlands and uh, Destiny Shadowkeep. Sounds good. Talk to you later. Take care, man. Yo, what up, podcast? It's Clintus. Uh, I just want to do a quick shout out to all my social and where you can find my content. You may only know me for one thing or the other, but I want to throw it all on the table for you so you know where to find it. Uh, YouTube.com slash Clintus is my main YouTube account. And what I'm most known for, I've been vlogging for over 13 years. Uh, YouTube.com slash Clintus Games is my gaming channel and where I do my gaming uh, VOD content. Twitch.tv slash Clintus is where my live streaming content goes. I only stream on Twitch. So if you want to catch me live Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, uh, I do gaming content as well as IRL streams with a backpack that I can walk around and do some cool stuff with. Uh, Twitter.com slash Clintus is my main social platform. It's what I'm, uh, I read the most, what I respond to the most. So if you're looking for updates on the vlog, on the streams, on the podcast, uh, you can, you can read those. Uh, even if you don't have a Twitter account, you can go to Twitter.com slash Clintus and read the tweets. Uh, Instagram.com slash Clintus, Facebook.com slash Clintus TV. I've been uploading the vlogs to Facebook, so you can actually watch them right there and leave comments since YouTube has them disabled. Uh, and of course this podcast is located uh, at anchor.fm slash Clintus. Uh, you can leave a voice message right there on the app or on the website and be part of the podcast and be part of the show. Uh, of course, you can subscribe for free anywhere you listen to podcasts, Apple, iTunes, Android, Google, Spotify, that sort of thing. Uh, we have merch. If you go to, over to ClintusMerch.com, you can check out our merch. We have some new stuff coming this summer, so stay tuned for that. Uh, and last but not least, I have a website. A lot of people don't know. I actually have a website that's in the development being worked on, and uh, it's going to be kind of the, the central hub, the one-stop shop for everything. Uh, and that is clint.us, C-L-I-N-T dot U-S, Clintus. Um, really easy to remember. Uh, you head on over there, you can uh, read my history, uh, any updates, uh, our sponsors and partners, and that sort of thing. So uh, thanks so much for listening, and I will see you guys on the internet. Thank <laughs> you.